Broadcasting from deep within the great pit of Carcoon, this is the Dewback Discussion Podcast. Your source for Star Wars news, theories, and reviews. With your hosts, Jared Bachman-Stubbs and Mike Dolan. discussion podcast we're feeling fucking slap happy today folks let's get this show on the goddamn road that was planned i got the idea right before you hit record to just yell it from a couple feet away and then just it, let it go that's that worked that was good cool. yeah we're an episode and a half into tonight and it's i don't want to talk about the half <laughs> i don't want to talk about the half so for those of you at home um, we recorded Hall of Heroes right before Dewback. Um, schedules didn't align. I got scheduled for the wrong time at work. Couldn't fix it. And Mondays are no good for Spencer, so it's just Travis and I on Hall of Heroes. And everybody is still busy because Mondays fucking suck, and I want to figure something out to remedy that for Dewback. Yeah. Um Because right now, Connor and Mike are super busy, and... Mike isn't able to come on as often as he'd like to. Neither is Connor. Um, both of them are going strong and both have lots of cool stuff to say. We'll hear from them again very soon, I'm sure. With that, uh, Travis, how's your week? Um, not sick anymore. That's good. For the most part. And uh, I got a good night's sleep on Saturday and it has cascaded to today. So we're feeling pretty sweet, homie. That we are. Uh, how, very, is, how is the Dark Jedi himself? Uh, the Dark Jedi is... It's not that I don't want to be here. Because I'm always excited to record. I'm just like ready to make magic happen. You know what I mean? Uh, tune in to Hall of Heroes for a very funny story about me dealing with a very disgruntled um, older gentleman <laughs> at uh, my newer job. Um, yeah, just counting down the days of Galaxy's Edge, honestly. I'm so fucking excited. And, like, not only am I, like, hella excited for Galaxy's Edge, it also dawned on me the other day that, like, holy shit, I get to go to Disney World. Yeah. I've never been to Disney World. I haven't either. I've never been to either. So, like... My only time I've ever spent in Florida was uh, during a bowl game... Uh, at my old college for my old college marching band, uh, which is great because I got paid like two hundred bucks to go to Florida for the weekend, like the first weekend of winter. So I, you know, I was like, "Oh, happy winter, everyone!" From the fucking beach. Yeah, uh, but we were we like weren't close enough to go to any parks. So that's fair. I uh, I did all of my pre trip spending. I got a new Dubac shirt, uh, just as I wanted the long sleeve version as well to wear down there. Um, you wanted the long sleeve version of okay. it in Florida. Okay. I like the look of a pushed up sleeve. Me too, actually. And I, so. I, I, I got a long sleeve aesthetically to push up the sleeves. I can respect that. I also enjoy the pushed up sleeve look. And that, so, and again, if we go out anywhere um, 
I got a nice um, short sleeve button down from American Eagle. Uh, so I have like a nice, like casual, like casual, but nice looking outfit. And then I just have like a myriad of t-shirts and shit. Um, <clears throat> very, so very, very excited for that. Counting the days. Um, some, anything else I'm trying to think? Um, oh, I didn't get, I didn't go this year, uh, for my own reasons, but the Geyer Gala where they have like all the announcements for the upcoming shows, um, there might actually be a couple you're interested in if you find the time, <laughs> which is not bloody likely. But if you do, I want to run down the list here. Sweet Charity, The Importance of Being Earnest, The Complete Works of William Shakespeare Abridged, Children of Eden. I'm pretty sure the Will Shakespeare one's a is a comedy like it's, that it's, sounds, like, it's like a goofy version if that I'm not sounds mistaken, like I th that sounds like one. which i really want to i really want to do um children of eden sense and sensibility mary poppins oklahoma the wedding singer spring awakening the bring it back rocky horror picture show so i feel like that's one you can do every year reasonably yeah i mean everybody loved it i'm pretty sure it was the highest grossing show this year at the guyer that sounds right so like the poster for it that I saw was like literally it just said let's do the time warp again, which like good, good on you for that one. The one that I am a thousand percent going to be doing the producers. I have a story about the first time I watched the producers that I need to tell you off the air. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was going to say, oh, let's hear it. But nope, no, I mm, no, not while certain things are not legal in Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! Okay, um, and then they're doing Elf for the Christmas show, which I'm surprised that the rights for Elf are out already. Huh? The more you know. Yeah, apparently the rights to Beetlejuice went live today, and like I would, oh, I I would enjoy <laughs> playing Beetlejuice, especially the way he's written in the musical. That would be a lot of fun for me. Um, I just shook my head viciously. Vic yes, very, very, very aggressively. Like I was headbanging, but I don't have enough hair right now to headbang. Uh, with that, I'm going to hop into the news. Oh, wait, wait. Go watch uh, Star Wars Episode 2 Attack of the Clones with oh us. Oh my god, I completely fucking forgot. That's how fucking taxing today is. I been. only remembered because I saw it on the show notes just now. I was trying over. to get back to the show notes as I was reading um, the text that yeah. the friends sent uh, me. We, we joined up with our bros at Broaxium and we watched Star Wars Episode 2 Attack of the Clones and I totally didn't get blasted off of two drinks because I'm a fucking pansy. Oh my god, Travis. Okay, so background for whenever you listen to the Attack of the Clones audio commentary. <laughs> Travis, because we had sex on the beach, which that, that's an easy Google search. You, yeah, yeah that's, we don't have that, to explain that. Not to explain shit about that one. Next, the Revenge of the Sith one next week. You're going to need a little bit of a walkthrough. <laughs> Travis, you're not a liquor guy. No. When you drink, you typically have like a beer or two. I am very much not. I can do parties. They're not my strong suit. Yeah. I'm not a drinker. No. I've like I. I had the phase, like, I went to college and I was like, I'm going to go to parties and drink. And then I did, like, twice. And I was like, all right, I'm good. I'm spent. We don't need to do this anymore. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm the kind of person that, like, if I'm in the mood, like, I, I have a flavor profile. And you know what? Yeah. I I was like that right after I turned 21. Yeah. I was like, 
I kept like a six pack of beer in the fridge at all times and they would deplete over like the course of two or three weeks where I'd come home and be like, I've had a rough day. I'm having a beer, whatever. Not even that. I just I'm like, sometimes I'm just in the mood and I'm like, Hey, like I have vanilla vodka and I have a cherry soda. I'm going to have a couple, like I'm going to have a couple vodka sodas. I'm going to go to bed now. Um, but you're not a booze guy. No. Not typically. Uh, sex on the beach involves some hudka. Hudka. And uh, some comrade juice. Some com- some angry potato water, as I like to call it. Um, you were about halfway through your first sex on the beach. And you were like, oh, I think I'm starting to feel this. And then by the time Travis had finished off his second sex on the beach... Uh, it was about halfway through the Battle of Geonosis, and he moved the microphones around so that he could lay down. It was needed. And then once we got back to my house, he was, like, practically incoherent. And, like, I thought he was playing it up for the show, and then we got home, and I realized that he was just fucking trashed. I'm a lightweight. So here's the thing about being a lightweight. Everyone, like, makes fun of you. It costs basically nothing to get drunk. In In the rare <laughs> occasion that I want to... It takes literally two beers for me to start feeling it. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't I don't get trashed off two beers, but I, like, I get that warm kind of dizziness, yeah. you know? They were like, I'm cognizant, but my body isn't. Yeah. And then, like, it's a, it's like a bell curve where, like, yeah. at two, it's the fuzzy, warm, nice thing. And then at four, I'm really tired. And then at six, I'm not here anymore. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm just, like... With liquor, it's a straight shot up no, to point six. We made the... I think we told the story about me getting really drunk whenever like my family from Michigan came on Hall of Heroes. <laughs> but we never talked about that on here. Just shut the fuck up. But like you saw that like it almost happened instantaneously. That yeah. like like the shift from like I was like like five or six like vodka sodas in the and moment I'm, like, I and I'm fine. And then like I had like the sixth or seventh and then like very tipsy hit. And then it got worse. <laughs> the the moment I realized is you like said something, you put your hands on my shoulders. And I was like, yep, this, he's gone. This isn't an act. <laughs> he's not playing a character. Um, So funny, funny story about this first story. <laughs> I'm going to read you the, the what Jared put in our show notes. I just hit my mic cord. And you tell me what I just I'm realized gonna... I didn't put any like like just for you to be entertained titles for anything this week that's totally fine <laughs> I just, like normally i put something in here to like see if i can get a chuckle from you guys when you look yeah. at the notes but i didn't I, do that this week i um so i you sent me the notes right as i sat down for my last class of the day oh okay. so that's i like scanned through it really quick and i was like okay d and d out of star wars and lots of takes now I'm sure a lot of you know what this story actually is. But me, I saw D&D Star Wars. Oh, that's really cool. It's going to be a Star Wars D- new, t- new Star Wars tabletop. Like a, yeah. Like a Star Wars licensed Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Oh, oh shit. Okay. That you would took be, it exactly in the best possible way. Yeah, I was like, this is going to be like Wizards <laughs> of the Coast is doing some shit. It's going to be cool. And then you were like, what do you think of the D&D story? And I was like, seems neat. Haven't looked into it yet. And then I opened – I got home from class, opened the, the – there's two articles here. Open opened the first yeah. one and I was like, wait, 
I think I I think I read this wrong. <laughs> I think I goofed. <laughs> so I'm gonna take point on this one since I That's have more Game of Thrones knowledge. Totally fine. So a uh, big story that broke last week. Um, we have nothing to complain about with the Mandalorian trailer because we made that decision, as you guys know, to call it a night. Um, as we were both very tired, but. Um, another st- a story we can't complain about breaking right after we finished. Um, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, the one-time runner, sh- uh, writers and showrunners for Game of Thrones, are out. Uh, Variety reports exclusively. On Monday, Game of Thrones showrunners David Benioff and D.B. Weiss became the latest high-profile talents to part ways with the Star Wars franchise before their movies hit theaters. They're part of a revolving door of A-list directors who have found it impossible to realize their visions in a corporate culture that is said to invite little creative independence and argument. I want to get back to that in a minute. They join the ranks of Josh Trank, Colin Trevorrow, Phil Lord, and Chris Miller in being, in being summarily dismissed from the Star Wars productions they were intended to helm. In films with the size and scale of Star Wars, it is not unheard of for productions to run into heated uh, creative disagreements, but the high rate of turnover is raising eyebrows across Hollywood and among the rabid base of fans. It's also inspiring. I'm <laughs> it's also <laughs> it's also inspiring questions about the management style of Kathleen Kennedy, the executive task with guiding Lucasfilm and with finding fresh face fresh ways to expand a galaxy far, far away. It's like you take a job as a Star Wars director or creator, you're automatically thrown into the Sarlacc pit, and your chances of Getting out and making that film are so unlikely you almost have to be a Jedi Master, said Jeff Bach, a box office analyst at Xavier uh, uh, Relations. So, let's just leave that there. I first want to talk about the creative control thing. I think this has been popping up a few times in headlines, like, in the past week. Me, personally, it's not a secret that I'm very fond of Disney Star Wars. What do you mean? <laughs> um, I don't take issue with a lot of the newer stuff. Very little to no issue. There are some points of, there are some points of contention I have with certain new aspects of the lore. Like I'm not super into like the way that lightsabers work. Like I'm slowly coming around on it. Um, the whole color changing thing I have mixed op- opinions about, but like outside of that, there's not a whole lot of stuff that I'm super upset about. That said, I think there's a certain level of quality and a certain type of story that they're trying to cultivate. And I don't think on the movie front, there has been a single stinker yet. The Force Awakens is fantastic. Rogue One is a good movie. It's not, it's a good movie. It's not my favorite. Not because it's not good. I, I, I too, like there's, Rogue One's that weird thing where like when I left the theater, I was like, that was incredible. And then my friend pointed out like- Vader. Yeah. Like you only <laughs> think that because of the final scene. And I was like, okay, let me rewatch it in that context. And it's still really good. Like, I'm, and, like, yeah, going and, back to watch it, like when it's on TNT and shit, I, like, I, I get sucked into Rogue One every time. Yeah. Like I, my issue with it, 
my issue with Rogue One is that it, it takes the – all of our characters have to die to not necessarily expand on a lot of things about them, right? Like, yeah. And there's also too many new characters to like go in depth on any one. I, I, but, I enjoy – like, like, But it's still, it's still a yeah. good watch. Yeah. Like I – my biggest thing is I want more content with all of those characters. You know, like th- th- that's my biggest thing with it. It's like I want more time with Chert and Baze. I want – I mean obviously we're going to get more time with Cassian. Yeah. But like I kind of want to see the softer Cassian we end up with by the end of the movie. <clears throat> like I want to see more of like Jin Erso who is now a rebel hero with a purpose. I want to see how Chert and Baze would interact with Luke. You know, like stuff yeah. like that. Um, but I don't I don't think Rogue One is bad at all. It's just not my favorite. and I, But I love it regardless. I said a lot about The Last Jedi on this podcast. I don't think I need to say anything on that one. Uh, <laughs> Dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> SJW shill garbage. Um, that was a joke. We both – you more than me obviously, but we both love The Last Jedi. Yes. I <laughs> – Like I – I've come off my – I came off my high of it my second watch. I'm like, OK. I kind of see where people – the genuine criticisms I've seen, I see where people have them. I disagree and I like this movie. But they're there. Yeah. Right? Me, I defend Canto Bite. <laughs> oh, I, I know. I know you're wrong. It's okay. I never mean that seriously, by I know. the way. I know. I know you don't. Um, But like, there's that. Solo is, we're playing footsies now. Solo is a lot. Is, Solo is one of the most fun Star Wars movies ever made. I need to, like I said, I need to watch it not yeah. at 3 a.m. tired off my ass. Like, Yeah, that's, I highly recommend that. I'm, Yeah. <laughs> But like I, I, I really enjoy Solo a lot. Solo is something that like – Solo is the movie nobody asked for. You're not wrong. Like nobody asked for that movie and the fact that like it came out and it was so much fun. Like I enjoyed the shit out of Solo. Like it was such a fun adventure and you know, hashtag make Solo 2 happen. Give me a Solo TV show. Give me something um, more with the with that iteration of Han early in his career as a smuggler and a scoundrel. Mm-hmm. Oh, scruffy-looking nerf herder. Both Rogue One and Solo went through a lot of production woes. Solo, both of them turned out great. Like, most movies you hear about having production insanity like that, you get something like Justice League or Suicide Squad or Fantastic Four or... I think you mean Fan Force. Yeah, Fan Force. Oh, I know. I... I refuse to call it fantastic. No, I call it fan four stick all the time, but like I didn't I, I make that joke more often than not on the comic book show. But yeah, fan four stick. Um That's how I differentiate them too. That's fair. But like yeah, like fan four stick and uh fucking what is it? Uh fuck. Dark I, Phoenix. Oh yeah. And yeah. When and, and anytime you see a movie, anytime you see an entertainment headline talking about reshoots, that's fucking normal. More often than not, when reshoots go on for as long as they did with Dark Phoenix, Suicide Squad, Justice League, yada, 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 the movie is being surgically changed. Now, by the same token, all the headlines you're seeing about all the extensive reshoots happening with The Rise of Skywalker, most of them are bullshit. Yes, The Rise of Skywalker had reshoots. No, there are not six different endings. No, they are not doing test screenings for Star Wars. They would never do that. However, yes, they had reshoots, but reshoots aren't necessarily a bad thing. 
more often than not, when there's extensive reshoots like those movies, they end up being almost unwatchable. Just from an editing standpoint. Like that's why Suicide Squad isn't a watchable film for me anymore is like even watching it the first time with you specific like towards the end. It's such a mess. Yeah. That like it doesn't it seems seem like they're in the wrong order. Yeah. Whole scenes are cut. It's Suicide Squad legitimately feels how I felt about Solo. But I was watching Solo basically half passed out. Yeah. Like I genuinely think I felt like I did fall asleep for at several points in the movie. Not again, not Tommy saying it's so boring. I fell asleep. It was 3 a.m. and I just worked a full shift. Yeah. No, that, that's fair. So like I, I want to give Solo its fair shake. I – a lot of the issues that came about with Solo and Rogue One were because of creative with differences. Issues. Yeah. I don't think – that Kathleen Kennedy and the other higher-ups at Lucasfilm having an iron fist with regards to the direction they want to take the franchise is a bad thing. Because so far, we have only gotten good movies because of it. And, like, I'm sorry. And, like, I don't like an appeal to authority that much, but I'm sorry. The woman who helped bring us E.T., Indiana Jones, the fucking Goonies, and all this other shit, I trust you... More than I trust Joe Schmo on Facebook. Not even Joe Schmo on Facebook. Like some of the like some of the directors who have been let go. Like I'm sorry, the director who's lost his fucking mind during the production of Fan Four Stick. I think I trust the person who brought me all these classics a little bit more than you. Now, granted, there's also an argument to be had that like part of Josh Trank being let go was because he went fucking postal after what happened with Fan Stick. And he started raging against the machine and lost his shit at Fox. But like, you got hired to do a job by the same token. Like, I understand like you not being thrilled, but like Josh Trank went beyond the point of like having a reasonable conversation, in my opinion. Like, Whenever the movie premiered, like, started tweeting about how much he fucking hates the movie. And, like, pardon me. Again, so much indigestion. They, he, the way, like, David Ayer looks back and goes, I don't think Suicide Squad was my best work. Yeah. Like, there, there's, there's, a re, there's a respectable and, like, natural a- way to have that conversation. That isn't Josh Trank showing up to set stoned out of his fucking mind because he's tired of the bullshit. Stuff like that. I don't think he can have that behavior and then attribute Josh Trank exclusively to creative differences. You know what I mean? Yeah. And my thing with Star Wars, the like the one genuine not even criticism, but like reason I could see why fans aren't especially the anthology films, is that when you watch Episodes one through six, you have to watch them in the right, like, when I say right order, four through six and then one through three, because you watch George Lucas's process evolve over time. Yeah. But, it, like, because there's a distinct jump, obviously, from Revenge of the Sith to A New Hope. Yeah. Like, there's this tone, like... 20 years. Yeah. Um, But, like, the fact that they're still the same guy and they feel similar... You know, in like direction and the way things are shot. Um, 
that isn't there with this with this new batch of films because they're out you know quote unquote outsourcing which they kind of have to but i think like trying to nail down making star wars quote you know i keep saying quote unquote i am tired you're good yeah um trying to make star wars for lack of a better term feel like star wars while still giving directors what little creative control you can over the story that the studio wants to tell is such a difficult job. It also doesn't help that both of the anthology movies came out between fucking trilogies. Yeah. Like you need to be able to tell a story that is cohesive, that doesn't beg too many questions about like, okay, well then how in the fuck did X, Y, Z? Yeah. That said, with Benioff and Weiss, we're also dealing with a different beast in that they are coming off the heels of the very, very, very unpopular final season of Game of Thrones. Me personally, I didn't hate it. I think it I think if they gave themselves the extra four episodes they should have had, they could have told a more cohesive story. I like the story that they told. I think the A to B was rushed and did not feel right. However, Recently, and I don't think that this I, – I, I don't – I'm not about to get on the bandwagon that this Twitter thread sunk Benioff and Weiss's shot, shot with Star Wars because allegedly, according to some of these reports, they got fired in May. Oh, wow. And the, this that's is just now thing. reaching the, the public. Yeah. If the reporting on that is accurate, which I'm not 100% sure on. However – this is from the uh, Twitter account Needle and a Pen. They're at a uh, Benioff and Weiss were at a film festival. They were talking about Game of Thrones. And this is a person live tweeting the panel. Someone asked did they go online, and David said yes. Uh, Dan literally said we were geographically challenged, and the maps were helpful. David is saying that he went on he went to fan casting pages, and that's how they found Jason Momoa for Call Drogo. They're describing their pitch and how nervous they were. They pitched to Carolyn Strauss, who has a reputation of being a tough pitch. Uh, they were very nervous because how bad we wanted it. David is describing the pre-meeting with George R. R. Martin, who was questioning their bona, uh, bona fides and said, we don't really have any. We had never done TV and we didn't have any. Uh, we, don't know why he's, <laughs> we don't know why he trusted us with his life's work, was their direct quote. Um they started talking about the pilot and their friends uh, and their friends who they let watch their first attempt at a pilot. One of them was Craig Mazin, who wrote Chernobyl, Scott Frank, and Ted Griffin. Uh, he acknowledged that the first pilot was basically writing was basically writing mistakes. They acknowledged that they had no idea after they had oh this is so bad. They acknowledged that they have no idea why after such a dismal pilot, why they went forward. Everything we could make a mistake in. We did. Script, casting, costume. They think HBO went forward because they had a lot of foreign pre-sales on the series. Uh, Dan is saying that Game of Thrones was basically an expensive film school for himself and Dave. For example, they had no idea how to work with costume designers, and it was a huge learning experience. Two months before the pilot was to air, the episodes were averaging 39 minutes, and HBO made them write and film 100 minutes of scenes to meet their contractual obligations. For example, they added a scene with Robert and Cersei and realized that there were no other scenes between Robert Baratheon and Cersei Lannister. 
Travis, you didn't watch most of the show. Nope. Cersei is Ro- is Robert Baratheon's wife for about the first half of the first season. Now, I'm going to stop there for a second. That's actually about all I watched of Game of Thrones was the first half of the first season. Now, I am not saying that it is bad for filmmakers to learn things as they go. But it kind of sounds like they were flying by their seat of the pants the entire time and not like a George Lucas because Fox didn't trust that this movie would make money kind of way and like a we have a fuck ton of money so fuck it kind of way. And that like like, like um, you're starting to see a pattern with like the way they're kind of flagrantly talking about a really not so great work ethic. Uh, the moderator is asking them about their uh, comments acknowledging they didn't understand the characters and the extra minutes helped them understand the characters better. Dan is saying that the actors redefined the roles, uh, especially Maisie Williams, Arya Stark, and they began writing for the actors. It's like the actor moved into the house and redecorated. He said he learned about the characters from the actors. Which, again... That's not necessarily a bad thing, but like, but like when the entire cast and when you're not like, it's one thing for an actor to come into a role and kind of redefine it. But like the, that happens because the director goes in knowing what they want and then they see the actor do something in the role and go, wait, that that's what I wanted, but better. Like that's what I wanted plus more. Yeah. Plus ultra. This plus ultra. I almost said it with like out thinking about it. Um <laughs> plus ultra. But this sounds like they went in just like with a camera and a script. And they're like And they were lucky that Peter Dinklage and Amelia yeah. Clark and Kit Harrington are fucking incredible. Like I like they they just were like, here's the formula, like it'll work, I guess. The moderator asked why they chose to write all the different episodes by themselves. Because we didn't know better, David said. HBO wanted them to hire other writers, and they decided to have Brian Cogman, their assistant, write four episodes. Dan wanted to remove as many fantasy elements as possible. We didn't just want to appeal to that type of fan. They wanted to expand the fan base to people beyond the fantasy fan base to, quote, mothers and NFL players. I don't think that quote is meant to be taken literally, but um, I I because well, that says to me women and jocks, and not just like sweaty neckbeards. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, like they're they're saying we want a general audience of a wide variety to want to watch this show, and I get like which is fair. And but they, when you look at how much high fantasy is in Game of Thrones, I mean, they have succeeded. And you look at how popular it was. Like, I don't want to shit on these guys because I do like Game of Thrones, and I don't hate the last season. But Jesus Christ, they are like every every word that has come out of their mouth has been about like we this don't is know we how thought. this happened. We 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 Mister Magooed our way into one of the biggest TV shows of all time. Uh, they said. They asked about the violence. They said, we realized we went a bit far in a couple moments. Um, how did uh, They used every season as a learning experience. The CGI of the dragons is particularly challenging. That's uh, that's fair. Like, that's nothing terrible. Yeah. 
Uh, when we pitched HBO, we promised them that we would downplay the fantasy elements. Uh, hold on. The two of us and Miguel spent a lot of time together. They talked about him with the shots away from being someone's POV. Uh, so it doesn't feel like a video game. Season one, we, ha- we wanted them to ha- wanted to have a battle. But we ran out of money, the extra hundred minutes, thus the drinking game scene. Uh, when we pitched HBO, we promised them blah blah blah. She is challenging the fact that how the Night King and the White Walkers and how it played out. Uh, they are expressing regret about putting the baby on the block of ice and him screaming. The mother was not happy because Dan was just talking about a close up of the baby's penis. Um, they're very granular in details of shots, admitting losing sight of the big picture. Were you listening to the feedback of your fans as you went along? Dan, we really did not. Dan doesn't see the value of considering other people's reactions. Dave acknowledged that he Googled the show and it upset him. Uh, did you really sit down and try to boil the elements of the books down? Did you really try to understand its major elements? No, we didn't. The scope was too big. It was about the scenes we were trying to depict, and the show was about power. They, they, yeah. I, again, that screams to me immediately that, like, it makes sense that they are not working on Star Wars anymore. Because here's my thing. Like, I don't think you should have to like bow and kowtow to the fans. I agree. Because like, like tell the vision that you want and tell the story that you want comfortably. However, that kind of flagrant, like, nah, it was too big. We weren't going to try. Like Star Wars is even bigger. This isn't a country on a continent. These are worlds in a galaxy. We live in, in a, a galaxy. galaxy. <laughs> I but legitimately it free like the idea of what like how the, how do they boil down Star Wars? Do they boil down Star Wars? Do they boil yeah, exactly like how do you like how do you how do you try to do that? How do you do Star Wars in like their their view based off of what they were saying here? And especially because, like, they were so attached to, like, so many characters being that, like, you know, we kind of have the cliche where everybody talked about, like, there's no real heroes in Game of Thrones. Like, every he- every protagonist has done something fucking terrible at one point during the show. There aren't any heroes. Like, this screams to me, every character feels like the beige Jedi. Uh, that that thing you read before, <laughs> like, like it feels like the beige Jedi or like that very like vapid faux woke that like we complained about with the Joker, yeah, or the not faux woke but like faux deep, um, where it's that like oh everything sucks, every everything's depressing and everything sucks. Why nothing, do we even bother? Nothing, nothing matters. matters. We live in a society. Like, if everything comes down to there's no heroes, we live in a society, but in Star Wars, I'm sorry, I've read your old Republic fan fiction, and it fucking sucks. <laughs> That's a shirt. That's a shirt. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't, like, I don't, fu- again, like. Your the old f- Republic fan fiction sucks. 
I'm so, like, it's fucking true. Like, it's just, it's, just, it's the fetishization of Darth Revan. Like, his story is about learning to live with your darkness, not being some edgy fucking anime character who's like, I am the darkness and the light. I am the ultimate hero and the ultimate villain. I am everything and nothing at the same time. I have no discernible philosophy because I don't need one because my mask is fucking cool. Welcome to Bleach. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I don't want that from Star Wars. I want something deeper. I want something more. I want something more substantive than just something that vapid. I want a story about hope. Damn it! I mean, beyond even fucking hope. Like, like every Star Wars story essentially comes back to that. But which like, is fine. But like, which is I, good. I want a good guy to win. <laughs> as as and dumb as if, that even sounds, if the, even if the bad guy fucking wins, like. I don't want the bad guy to win because, like, the bad guy just goes, oh, yeah, but are we even really that different? But are they, Jared? I mean, <laughs> I mean, the bad guys have won in every other Star Wars movie so far, so, like. <laughs> you put the Dark Lord down. Ah, uh, my fingers are too big. Stop! Move away from the cookie jar. Oh, cookie cop clipped. Yeah, I did. Cookie cop clipped hella hard. Uh, real quick, this other uh, bit of this uh, Benioff and Weiss story from Vanity Fair. Benioff and Weiss reportedly left Star Wars at least in part due to the toxic fandom. Shocker. Uh, clear picture is beginning to emerge regarding why Game of Thrones creators David Benioff and D.B. Weiss opted to abandon their planned Star Wars trilogy. The news of Benioff and Weiss's Star Wars exit broke Monday, not long after the two strangely candid panel at the Austin Film Festival, leading fans to wonder what exactly prompted the decision in making the announcement. Uh, the two cited their Netflix deal, and according to a new report, that is part of the reason they uh, defected, but the full picture is also reportedly a little bit more complicated. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Benioff and Weiss's Star Wars exit had been in the works since August. Okay, I was wrong. It was August is whenever things started to get shaky. Hollywood Reporter uh, confirms that the reason the two wound up walking away partially to do with their Netflix deal, but another factor that prompted the decision uh, the trade ads was toxic fandom. As The Hollywood Reporter notes, Benioff and Weiss inked their deal with Lucasfilm in February of 2018, months before under the underwhelming debut of Solo, A Star Wars Story, and more than a year before their series had round out with a widely maligned final season. Uh, following the Game of Thrones backlash, the two even opted to skip the show's San Diego Comic-Con panel earlier this year. Uh, I remember on Hall of Heroes, we were all laughing about how much of a fucking bloodbath that was going to be. Uh, as Benioff and Weiss watched Star Wars fans bully actors and directors, a source told The Hollywood Reporter they began to have doubts about whether or not they should dip their toes in a galaxy far, far away. Who wants to go through that? Who wants to go through that again? Not them, the source said. This was in this was in the life's too short category. Hollywood Reporter also reports that Lucasfilm head Kathleen Kennedy was not happy that Benioff and Weiss struck a deal with Netflix, as she was not convinced they would create the trilogy they'd promised uh, Star Wars, while also conceiving and overseeing projects for the streaming giant at the same time. Uh, per Hollywood Reporter, this uh, this whole ordeal was only boosted has only boosted tensions between Disney and Netflix. Uh, which have fallen into a rivalry ever since Disney began pulling titles from Netflix in preparation for its own streaming service. Disney, the trade claims, was itself among the studios that initially tried to see an overall deal, seal an overall deal with Benioff and Weiss. A source told uh, Hollywood Reporter that Benioff and Weiss's Netflix deal requires that they exclusively work on the sets of their projects uh, they create during production. 
That said, also sources said that Netflix had uh, prepared to wait for Benioff and Weiss to finish their Star Wars trilogy before they began work on streaming projects. A company reportedly found out about their exit from the project only days before the news went public. Uh, Whatever the pair's reason for leaving Lucasfilm uh, now finds itself in a strange position. Uh, Skywalker Saga is about to end with The Rise of Skywalker and The Mandalorian. So... I that mm, I don't know how I feel about that because like I don't think Netflix would have been willing to wait personally because like if they're making a trilogy of films that's going to take them at least like six years yeah for them to be like quality films and it's Star Wars and they spend a lot of time on the production so six years as fast as this market and this industry is changing there's no way there's no way Netflix holds out for six years perhaps. I, I I don't know. All I'm, also, a lot of people have been saying that the Benioff and Weiss trilogy has been canned. I have not seen that anywhere. All I've seen is that they're no longer attached to it. Who knows if any work on it actually even started? Exactly. Like, to say it's canned means it existed in the first place. Yeah. Um, There's that. Also, I'm going to jump around a little bit story-wise uh, just because I think this dovetails into it really well. Sounds um, good to me. Now, this was – Ryan Johnson got a, uh, interviewed a great deal and everybody pretty much started making jokes that like Ryan Johnson brought up again. Hey, I'm still making Star Wars movies like right before Benioff and Weiss got fucking fired. And a lot of people have been kind of been saying like, oh, this might mean that uh, Ryan Johnson's movies are getting fast-tracked now. They're like, OK, we were going to do this stuff now. You're up. That or maybe the Kevin Feige shit. But this is from Empire. Uh, This story specifically was posted yesterday. Uh, Ryan Johnson still in talks to make more more Star Wars movies. With the news hitting last week, the Game of Thrones showrunners D.B. Weiss and David Benioff are no longer going to be making their planned Star Wars trilogy. Some, especially those who see Ryan Johnson as a controversial figure after the greatest Star Wars film of all time, The Last Jedi, speculated that he might be on his way out uh, the Netflix store as well. Not so, according to the man himself. We're still engaged with Lucasfilm, and we'll wait and see, Johnson says, uh, tells Deadline. No updates on it at the moment, but yeah. Which is good news for those of us who enjoyed The Last Jedi and are eager to see more of what Johnson brings to the films without having to color within the lines of the Skywalker saga. And now we just have to wa- have to hope he doesn't suddenly sign a deal with Netflix and go on to do other things. I also addressed some of the Star Wars online backlash indirectly in his latest Knives Out which uh, one of the characters spews hate on the net, uh, in which one of the characters spews hate on the internet. Anyone who's on Twitter these days, God bless you, because it's rough waters out here. But there's also something wonderful the, wonderful about it, Johnson said. That's why we're all on it, on, still on it, I guess. That's one of the things Knives Out engages with, the current state of online culture. Whether you made a Star Wars movie or have a cooking show, whatever you're doing on there, somebody's probably screaming at you about it, probably. Let's put it on screen in, in a way that we can all laugh and laugh about it. So glad RJ's still there. Also, congratulations to the fandom menace for helping Ryan Johnson write a new fucking movie. Woo! I thank you. Legitimately, thank you, you bunch of fucking bigots. I love you so much. Please keep harassing Ryan Johnson so I get more Ryan Johnson movies, you f- dumb fucking snowflakes. Anyway, 
No, I never liked calling them snowflakes because that implies they're all individually unique. <sighs> yeah, right. Oh, that was so good. I just Ooh. came. I just came up with that right now. Oh, I gotta reach across this table and shake your hand. That was good. That was real good. We actually did just shake hands, by the way. Yes. Cookie um, cup agrees. But yeah, I love all of this so much, and I hope to see Ryan Johnson's movie sooner rather than later. Same. Now the D and D are out. You're up. Since we're bouncing, what do you want me to cover? I can just go back down the line. I just figured it dovetailed into the yeah, no, Ryan it, Johnson it, it, stuff it a lot better that way. I I agree. Um, we got the launch trailer for Jedi Fallen Order, which comes out when you're listening to this in like a week and a half. Hype and excitement and oh my god, I don't have time to play it. Uh, like Oh the, shit, I have, to, I have to pay for that before fucking Disney. God damn it. Anyway. Me too. And I'm not going to Disney. <laughs> I have to buy two games. Because like the night it comes out, I'm going to... Did you pre-order Fallen Order? No. Are you I, interested in the pre-order bonuses? Not really, no. Is it two extra lightsaber hilts and an orange lightsaber? Blade? I don't care. Okay. Yeah, I I didn't know how I know like orange lightsabers you were. I've never really liked them, actually. Yeah? You not take that up with Spencer. <laughs> I, I don't hate them. Like, yeah. I'm not like, oh, orange lightsabers look dumb. It's just like, in my... in my Because like, obviously, my intro into Star Wars was The Force Unleashed, so like, yeah. all lightsaber colors are welcome. But... We are allies here of lightsaber colors. Yes, we are. Um, I've never been like, besides, of course, when I was like 11 and oh my God, black lightsabers. That's so cool. <laughs> um, the <laughs> right. Exactly. Even me as a kid, I was like, this is a bit much. Like, <laughs> nope, I was all in. I was like windmill slamming that every time i was like this is cool but this is a bit much only only older am i like i really like the unstable red crystal and then kylo ren happened right after that <laughs> um but yeah i i'd super sidetracked myself never been into orange lightsabers because like i've always just been a fan of the red blue green thing going yeah um that being said, we got a launch trailer. We're not going to play it through the computer because uh, I don't trust my computer right now. Oh, so not even worried about playing it. And it's like a minute long. All. Yeah. I have it open on my phone. Okay. Um, the the big takeaway that for us, I think, is our, our worries about the boss fights, specifically for people with the, the buzzsaw sabers. Yeah. I think we, we can rest easy a little bit. Because we see a bit of a fight with a second sister that we had seen before, and mm -hmm. it, she's, you know, only one blade's ignited. And then, or the, I don't know which ones they are. I'm sorry. I'm not. Which, I'm not are you Connor. referring to Big Ugly? No. I'm referring to the Helmet one. Helmet and Kate. I'm referring to Connor's wife. Yeah, that's the second sister. Okay. Which one's the, which one's Big Ugly? Ninth. Ninth. Okay. I knew second and ninth. I just couldn't remember which one was which. Um, and then we see a, a chunk of a fight with the ninth sister um, who has both blades extended and is really aggressive. And assuming we're not just seeing two halves of the same fight. Yeah. You know, theoretically. Um, 
having and of course it helps that they're different sizes so the fight has to be different exactly that's what i was saying i just don't want like the format of like yeah single blade double blade double blade with force powers double blade buzzsaw like yeah (laughs) um besides that something really we haven't seen before looks rad i'm really excited to play this game oh shit that spilled my wire god damn it keep going it wasn't on the table i don't care all that matters um, but I'm going to get a wet sock because I'm going to forget. I'm going to step ha. in and I'm going to die. Get wet socked. That sounds awful. <laughs> we're leaving that in. Yeah, goddamn right. We're leaving get wet socked in. <laughs> There's so many things that can mean. Ugh, and I don't like any of them. Nope. Keep going. Um, genuinely, I don't know when I'm going to have time to play this game. And it upsets me greatly because, like, the night it comes out that Thursday, yeah, I'm going to a live show in Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, that's for, right. Um, what are you seeing again? If you are up and up with current YouTubers Gus Johnson and Eddie, Burback, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'm going to see Gus Johnson live in Pittsburgh in November. I'm really excited. I'm so excited for you. I'm gonna. So he has this ongoing beef with Subway. Yeah. Which I I used to work at Subway. Yes. Are you gonna wear your Subway staff shit? I'm going to have him sign my old Subway hat. Because <laughs> he does like a meet. I, I bought VIP tickets because this is my birthday present to me. And he has a meet and greet line. So we get like. You motherfucker, you wear Dubak merch and you give that motherfucker a card. <laughs> I'm not. He's so embedded in YouTube shit that I would feel dirty. I know. Like, I know. hey, I bought a ticket to your I show. Know. Listen to my shit. Um. You know, but like, I want to show up like, hey, wear a fucking logo shirt. Oh, wear a fucking shirt, Jared. Jesus. I'm fucking with you. I'm sorry. I thought you were going to laugh. I'm going to wear eight shirts. Okay. <laughs> if I can find a subway shirt, I'm going to wear it, though. Like, wear a subway shirt. Like, for real, for real. I'm going to wear, wear a my, subway shirt. Um, wear actual subway staff shit. Absolutely. I have my yeah. old, I still have my original name tag from when I got hired in 2012. Please, for the love of Christ, have that on, too. I will. Um, but yeah, so like that happens that and then that night Fallen Order comes out and then Pokemon comes out and then I have so much shit to do and I, I want to play these games and I want to watch TV. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I mean, I mean, like I don't have to play it. Connor's no way Connor has to wait to play it too. Shit. I'll play enough to get an initial impression. How I have that? to blast through that game to report on it before I go to actual Star Wars land. <laughs> Did you ever think you would say that sentence? No. <laughs> not at least for a good 12 years. We're living the dream, Jared. Almost. Oh, we're almost living the we're, dream. We're, we're dream adjacent. We're daydreaming. We're I want to daydreaming. Be, I want to be like... Passed out in the car on the ride on the long ride home, sleep, dreaming. You yeah, know what I mean, what are we looking at time wise? We're at fifty minutes. Fifty? Yeah. Cool. We spent a lot of time talking about D and D, which like it's a huge story. That's a really big story. Now I figured. Um. So last week we told you guys we talked about the Mandalorian trailer. This week, lots of good stuff coming out of that trailer. Uh, it's kind of been talked about to death. But uh, now is our chance to talk about it. Travis. Me. What did you think of the Mandalorian trailer? This has gotten me the most excited about the Mandalorian so Agreed. Far. I – A lot of old shots. Like we see a lot of old stuff mixed with a lot of new stuff. 
the specifically just the like he's in the canyon and he's doing like the old west reaching for the yeah because so, I you know El Camino came out about a month ago El Camino came out a month ago fuck oh no is it just me or did like God put like the universe on two times speed he did he really did she um, did also like. Because we're older, like, this is less of a fraction of our life comparatively than when we were young, so it feels faster, like, in our heads. Keep going. <laughs> you know I'm right. Yeah. Um, like, there's a scene where they're like, let's have an old Western standoff in El Camino, and it's really good. It's the best scene in the movie. Oh, yeah. See, um, like, yeah. The, yeah. And he has thing. But so watching, like, coming off of that... Watching the scene in the canyon where he's like doing the old west like for his pistol, that shot you just yeah. watched, holy shit! Ugh. I love the fact, I love seeing the uh, blaster bolt just bounce off the Beskar armor, like like I I I didn't know what to expect in terms of combat and like <coughs> I yelled and then I coughed. Um, I didn't know what to expect from this show in terms of like what I was going to get in terms of combat. I said in terms a lot. Yeah, but seeing the shots I see in this trailer and like some like that tracking shot of him walking down, kicking someone, yeah. shooting a blaster, like the fact that he like went between the armor on that stormtrooper to shoot him as well made me happy. Like we're actually going to yeah. address the fact that they're wearing armor. Are they? Isn't it just plastic? It's, it's duraplast. Duraplast, which is strong plastic. I I realize what that means. I tried to do the math for the the what's it called. Um, Holdo maneuver and turns out Durasteel isn't a real well it is kind of a real thing but not in terms of Star Wars <laughs> and there's no reported density of it so I made it up <laughs> <laughs> um, rule for Star Wars there's a handful of prefixes that you can put in front of just about anything and oh, it yeah. becomes the Star Wars version of it Duraplast Durasteel shit yeah. like that yeah I just like it's really easy to be an I, alloy in Star Wars. Yeah. I, I literally – this is such a sidebar. I'm sorry. Uh, I used the density of steel and just figured that was a nice conservative estimate. Okay. Um, and they should still all be dead. <laughs> <laughs> Someone actually did um, – if you watch Because Science, Kyle did do the math like around a, – like a very rounded yeah. number. Um, but same conclusion like – if the radish struck the earth that fast, the earth would burn down to the mantle. Fuck. Yeah. <sighs> Science of the day. I'm really excited for the Mandalorian. Me too. I love the shot. I like the same shot you were talking about. Um, I also like the the um, like the standoff he gets into with the stormtroopers. Yeah. Where they're like, You're surrounded. He's like, Yeah. Good. Like that, like that. He's like, okay, like who, who's gonna get shot first? Because my shit doesn't break. Catch, yours catch does. these bolts. Yeah, he, he's, he's like, my shit doesn't break. Yours does. <laughs> like, I'm not worried right now. Or you, you should be worried. You should be getting out of the way. I think that one shot, like, to me, what it looks like is it's going to get progressively more batshit insane. Which I'm, I'm down. Me too. Because like, it, like it seems like very early on, it's like gunfights. And like, ooh, and like he has like like the like the like the prod at the end of his rifle kind of like electrifies and shit. Like it, it looks like it's escalating and like it's like it goes from like 
a gunfight to a bigger gunfight to a bigger gunfight to a bigger gunfight to a bigger gunfight to he's on a jetpack with a grappling hook wrapped around a fucking tie fighter <laughs> like it gets like that out of control um i'm nothing but excited for this and yeah. it is a week away yeah i have to buy a disney plus subscription <laughs> also um today on twitter everybody was talking about their uh mandalorian shows we're gonna treat the mandalorian on here the same way we treat uh, a lot of the comic book tv shows on hall of heroes we're just gonna the end of the episode is gonna be dedicated to talking about the mandalorian each week um you might see a slight decrease in the news if it's kind of like a throwaway nugget story like a oh this happened type story those might kind of go by the wayside to make time for the mandalorian stuff but most likely things are just going to stay the same with a chunk of the show dedicated to talking about The Mandalorian. Uh, Travis, since I spent a lot of time talking about the Benioff and Weiss stuff, do you want to read the Vanity Fair article about the Mando? Let me pull it up. I'm sorry. First look, Ming-Na Wen's uh, Star Wars Assassin from The Mandalorian. I don't want to buy anything from you, Vanity Fair. Go away. Go away. A fox can be a sly predator, or it can be the vulnerable hunted prey. Ming-Na Wei's new Star Wars character from The Mandalorian is someone who knows how quickly one can become the other. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Mulan actor will appear as the assassin uh, Fennec Shand. Did I say that right? I think that's right. Hell yeah. Who crosses paths with Pedro Pascal's uh, mass bounty hunter midway through the first season of the Disney Plus series, which launches. Uh, the, you know when it launches. We got our inspiration really from the name. The idea of a fennec fox came to mind when told Vanity Fair. Go away, Verve. Sponsor us, Verve. (laughs) She's tricky, and yet she's able to maneuver and survive and be stealthy, so very graceful and agile. I just love the whole image with the name. The first appearance of her character is in this new teaser video with her facing down the... Faceless lead character, a man without a name apart from the warrior tribe, those armor he wears. She delivers a somewhat ironic line, your name will be legendary. Because we don't know his name. Yeah. You know. Ha. Yeah. We don't know his name yet. Yeah. Is she the light side or the dark side? Good guy or bad? Or does her alliance lie somewhere in the middle? Thinking that she's a mercenary, you can go either way. Wens- I'm going to stop reading her quotes in like a really weird voice. Uh, Wens said, I think it remains to be seen. When compared her to Han Solo, a survivor who didn't start out believing in any cause but his own. Then again, uh, Fennec Shand made her name committing murder for the galaxy's top crime syndicates, so she's much closer to the sinister side than the wise-cracking smuggler. Uh, she is somewhat... She's definitely someone who's loyal to herself. Uh, that's about it. Everything else is just like, here's what the Mandalorian is. I love the sound of this character. And... A, a more... Like... If Han Solo is for himself but leans to the light initially, right? Like yeah. Afterwards, he finds a cause. She's for herself leaning to the dark. Yeah. I like that. And I think – I dig it. It's a really easy character to kind of like phone in. And I don't think they could have picked a better actress than Ming-Na Wen. She is absolutely phenomenal in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's, it's, that's Mulan. Yeah. Yeah. 
most people don't realize that that's fucking Mulan's voice. Um, but yeah, very excited for that. We also got another trailer for The Mandalorian today. It's only a few seconds long, but it shows off uh, Ming-Na Wen's new character. <laughs> Apparently, she shares a last name with one of the members of Kanja Club. Kanja Club. You do that to Kanja Club uh, in The Force Awakens. So, fucking A, right? Love that. Uh, characters actually being related and shit. So, yeah. Lots of cool Mandalorian stuff. Cool and good. Yes. You know what I'm excited for, Travis? What? I'm excited to go to Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. And uh, you, you, you know who I like to cosplay? Constantine. I knew you were going to say... Fuck, I fucking knew you were going to say John Constantine. I knew it in my bones. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to say this, and he's going to deliberately buttfuck this segue. Yeah, you're welcome. And say it's specifically say John Constantine. I'm the segue guy here, Jared. It's my bit. Hey, Jared. <laughs> you excited to go to Galaxy's Edge? <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that as. Take a fucking beat. Hey, Jared. <laughs> I'll take that a as dickhead. I'll take that going. as a. I'll take that as a yes. Who do you like to cosplay, Jared? <laughs> fucking Kylo Ren. <laughs> How dare you ruin my perfect original thought by me segue? How I also, I dare also you. like to cosplay Anakin Skywalker. Good. Uh, guess who was just at Galaxy's Edge a week ago? I don't know. Probably some Floridian. So put him down. Put him down, Travis. Stop. Move away from the cookie jar. I know how to use this. <laughs> We need to do that picture for Instagram later. <laughs> Did you like holding him like a fucking I, gun? I know how to use this. It's like that still that came out this week of Tom Holland for that new Russo Brothers movie with him like yeah. with the gun at, like in shitty bank. Like, uh, Anyway, Hayden Christensen was a galaxy's edge. <laughs> <laughs> and now people think that means Anakin Skywalker yeah. is going to be in the new Star Wars movie. I'm glad you took that exactly and the it, same way I was. And it certainly doesn't. It just confirms fucking nothing. <laughs> it confirms that he wanted to take his daughter to a Disney park. <laughs> Let the man live in peace. That being said, I'd love for him to come that, back. That said, I demand Anakin's force ghost. <laughs> After eight years. Um... Hayden Christensen visits Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland Park for the first time. Yesterday, we caught up with actor Hayden Christensen in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland Parks as he explored the planet of Batuu for the first time. After checking out Millennium, the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, we followed him to Savvy's workshop, uh, hand-built lightsabers where he and his daughter assembled their own custom lightsabers. And it was a very special day as they were celebrating her fifth birthday. Check out the amor the adorable moment as she hands her newly created lightsaber to her father. The force is strong with this one. Hayden shared that the day's plans were completely up to the birthday girl as they headed off to Disneyland and Disney California Adventure Parks after returning from a galaxy far, far away. 
the the picture of him and his daughter is like the most adorable. Oh thing. my god, it is absolutely. Also, look at the dude back chat right now. Oh no, it's nothing bad. But Chad posted a funny meme. Shout out to Chad. He is a Chad. A bit. <laughs> <laughs> Get fucked, poser. That's good. That's good, dude. The fucking group chat. So. Uh, a little background on what I'm. Um, oh, oh my God! Um, I don't know, like, what time did we say this at the top of the show? I know we said it during Hall of Heroes, but that goes up on Friday. Um, I don't know what time this is going up on Tuesday, but if it's early enough, go vote. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, because um, we we talked about it in the chat. We we here at Dubac have very differing political opinions, but no one is super extreme, and we want to, Jared. I know. I'm I'm counting you out of that. You're the outlier. <laughs> no no one is like I don't No one's no one in our chat's fucking crazy, but we all differ yeah. politically and while there's some discourse sometimes we're all very respectful of people's opinion of each yeah. other's opinions at least. Um, um and I want you know, I'll be respectful yeah. of yours no matter what. Well, don't be a Nazi, fuck Nazis. Yeah. Especially space Nazis. Um, like Darth Vader. <laughs> Segways, baby. But if this is early enough on Tuesday and you haven't gone to vote yet, go vote. It's important. I know there's no big election going on this year, but your local shit matters. Go vote. Yes. Anyway, Hayden Christian and his daughter. Fucking cute. You know what I really, really badly want to see? What? I, if they said that both of them built a lightsaber. I want to see what Hayden built. I hope it's just a plain silver cylinder. Like, in the most basic looking thing. No, no activation button, no, like, ridges on it, just, like, a tube. <laughs> it's a tube. A tube with a beam. Uh, I, just, I think that would make a statement. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I think that's adorable. Okay, I just... How is this a confirmation he's going to be in the Rise of Skywalker? <laughs> I don't get it. Like, anytime the yeah, shows I, up. Like, here's my thing. Lucas, allegedly Lucasfilm canceling convention appearances he and Ian McDermott were going to make. Okay. That's, that's a little bit different. That's real. That's, like, legitimate. I think oh, – you know what, you know what I think it was, actually, originally – because it went up on Twitter – but then the tweet immediately got taken down. Yeah. And I think that was people going, oh, we weren't supposed to know. But it's on Instagram. I think it's back up on Twitter. Yeah, it's back on both. Okay. So, like, obviously, so, like, there was maybe a typo in the tweet or, like, there was pictures they wanted to add to it or something. I don't fucking know. Yeah, or it just wasn't ready to be released yet. Yeah. Like, again, Disney runs a tight ship to, you know, for better or worse, Disney likes to keep things in a certain order and... I got out of order. Yeah. I, like I said, th this isn't a confirmation. I'd love to see him back. It, it, it could be. I'd love to see him yeah. back with someone who isn't George Lucas directing. As you know, I love Georgie. But like. Hey, Georgie. I want to see what Hayden can do in the character of Anakin Skywalker with proper direction and proper script. I think JJ could offer that to him. I'm not saying I need that to be like fulfilled in my life. But I'd like it a lot. 
I it kind of <laughs> is for me. It kind of is for me. You're different. Yes. You fair. cosplay both of these characters. <laughs> like <laughs> this is your lifeblood. I and I want this like even like more so for you. <laughs> Because I think you fucking deserve it. But <laughs> to have them both be on screen together. Like conversing. Yeah. And I, I think Hayden deserves I I remember he was up to like he wanted to do the voice in Clone Wars. Yeah. And they, they didn't. And at the time I don't know how legit that is. I don't know I, either. To this day, I don't know. But that was back in my prequel hate days. Except for like I've always loved Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. But like that was back like deep in my there's a definitive Hayden Christensen doesn't deserve to work in Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah, there there's a definitive good and bad in cinema, like always, and Star Wars the prequels are definitive bad. And Hayden Christian is definitive bad. And I've since then grown the fuck up. And <laughs> I would love like Hayden's performance wasn't great, but it like I think he could have done better. Yeah. With the like I said, proper lines and proper direction. I think JJ can give that to them. What are you about to show me? <laughs> ah! This is your uh, other reminder of the day. The <laughs> Juror number three just made an appearance. Yes. <laughs> Listen, listen. Epstein didn't kill himself. Okay. <laughs> did you fucking? Oh my god! Did you see the, the guy, guy on Fox News? News? <laughs> All I heard was guy talking about dogs. I didn't realize he was talking like he's a vet talking about military dogs. Yeah, and he's like, oh, by the way, truth. <laughs> Fuck. But Epstein didn't kill himself. What yeah. were we talking about? Um. I think we were talking about you were talking about you using you you like previously hating the prequels and acting like a fucking yeah I, about it. Like I said, I think Hayden could do could do a great job now, especially with someone like JJ. Yeah, you know here's here's the you know here's a well written script. Um, here's what I want you to do: don't make a rape face. <laughs> do it once for Travis. Grossman. Don't, don't. <laughs> specifically the co-host of Do Back Discussion and Hall of Heroes. Um, we need you to I fuck Ben Solo. You are the plug-in for all of the Raylos. Ah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I pictures are cute. Yeah, th- I'd like to really see cool. him back. It's nice seeing him finally come back to Star Wars. Like, I think the fandom did a lot of growing. Like, some of them did. Some of them did. I think a big chunk. Like even people who were like, we're acted like adult. Like, I think there's a big chunk of people who like acted like adults with the sequels, whether they like them or not, and then recognized Jesus Christ. I've been acting like a fuck nut about the prequels, and they had yeah. <laughs> Travis is aggressively pointing at himself. Me, and they had an about face and realized. Not being that's a dipshit. I liked the the sequels. I liked the sequels, and I'm like, man, you know, I really gave a bad rap on those prequels. They're like the meme ability is great. Revenge of the Sith is like one of the most fun movies I love to watch. And like 
they could have been better, but it's what we got in Star Wars. And, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, that's, that's what we all are here for. So, um, you want to Iger some Bob? <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> I don't know what that I means. Don't wanna, I don't ever want to Iger anybody. That sounds painful. How long are we looking right now? We are an hour ten. How the fuck did this show end up being shorter than Hall of Heroes? TV. TV talk. TV talk. And something we won't talk about. Um, also, for whatever reason, on Hall of Heroes, you and I just go off the fucking... Like, even though we just went off the fucking rails... We do it way more on Hall of Heroes when it's just us. That's when yeah. the fucking Quaaludes happen. We did not do Quaaludes on Hall of Heroes. <laughs> that, what do you mean? Out of <laughs> we absolutely did Quaaludes on Hall of Heroes. Fucking Quaaludes! We're that cool. Drugs are for cool kids. Do death sticks. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Do death sticks. I've only seen this headline and I haven't read the article. Okay. So uh, enlighten me. Hold on. Acknowledge me. Ooh. My butt, my, my tummy was making bubbles. Uh, Your butt was making bubbles? I said my tummy. I, you started by saying, you went to say bubbles and tummy and you said your butt. Oh, well, my tummy made bubbles. Asked to be oh uh, headline Star Wars slowdown is a Disney priority. CEO Bob Iger says less is more from David Hayes. A deadline. Asked in a BBC radio interview about whether Disney Star Wars has pumped out too many Marvel and Star Wars films over a short time span, CEO Bob Iger reaffirmed plans for a Star Wars slowdown. While Marvel is doing sensationally well, the Star Wars pipeline is getting a closer look. Iger said uh, during a wide-ranging interview tied to the release of his memoir. I have said publicly that I think we made and released too many films over a short period of time, Iger said. I have not said that they were disappointing in any way. I have not said that I'm disappointed in their performance. I just think that there's something so special about a Star Wars film and less is more. Disney is making their final promotional push with the rise of Skywalker, the ninth and final installment, and the Star Wars franchise originally envisioned by George Lucas, Skywalker Saga, uh, that is arriving at Christmas time. Coming in last week, parted ways with blah, 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 blah. Uh, the rest of this is just telling you that Star Wars exists in uh, Disney and Star Wars. I, I'm i of two minds with this. I'm 100% in agreement with Bob. Personal. As as we've already like hit the I'm slowdown. I'm so uncomfortable with you referring to fucking Bob Iger by his first name only. Yeah. The Weekly Planet does a really fun bit where they keep saying that Nick Mason is like Bob Iger's son. He's like, your dad, Bob Iger, they're Australian. Um, you would love the Weekly Planet. You I should and I, listen. You, oh my God, like, uh, like tonight. Like, fucking. If I, if I have time. I got to edit this show. Just put it on in the background, I mean. Like, you, right. would, you would, you and I have big Nick Mason and... Uh, Fuck, what the hell am I fucking forgetting the names of the hosts? Oh my god. Because it's late and we're tired. Oh my god, hold on. No, I listen to them. It's 10.30 a week ago time. You have the magic box. I don't want to use the magic box. I feel like such a fucking dumbass. How am I remembering his Twitter handle before his actual name? Wait, I think I'm confusing. Yeah, you fucking millennial. It's Mr. Sunday Movies, his podcast. Oh, yeah, okay. 
Oh, is Nick Mason in Wikipedia room? Holy shit. The fuck is What the fuck is Mr. Sunday Movies real name then? This is like a real fit for Jared. He's upset. What the fuck is his real name? I'm like re- legitimately angry right now with myself. <clears throat> I see that. Talk. I gotta go. Okay, so Bobby Boy. Uh, wow, he's that angry. He didn't laugh. Oh my god, I'm like so angry with myself right now. I I didn't even get a reaction. Nothing. But Bob, uh, I agree with you 100. percent I Star Wars has felt super accelerated lately. Not like not like today lately, but over the past couple of years, like we got as many films in two and a half years as you know almost there was in existence right we went from six to ten i didn't know there was a okay i know what our actual goal is for our level of like clout in the podcasting game i want a fandom wiki okay i'll make it happen i'll make some calls Born in the middle of Supreme when Han Solo bedded facilities, James, commonly known as Mr. Sunday Movies, is a former junior editor on comicbook.com and the host of the Weekly Planet, official podcast of that website, unless it isn't anymore, we're not quite sure, with his co-host Nick Chip Dangercock Mason. He is a goat version of Han Solo and, and, and as such possesses all abilities of both. Some believe that James doesn't exist and that he's just a character invented by Mason. That is the actual intro to his Wikipedia article. I am so fucking I love I am a I am a part of this fan base and I love them so much. James Clement. There it is. Magic boxes are nice. I'm sorry. I completely verged off because I am I get fixated on things really quickly. I know you do. And I, like, <laughs> I love you. You do a lot. I think I have undiagnosed ADHD. That's okay. I think I have a I have undiagnosed OCD, so <laughs> like I have panic attacks when I'm on time to things. Well, baby, I love you. Don't as you were what what joke did you make that I didn't hear? I, I called was, him I Bobby was... Boy. Why? <laughs> exactly. I completely zoned the fuck out. I know. Because like, like, you were like, keep talking, and I went, so Bobby Boy, and you just nothing. <laughs> but furiously scrolling through Google. Anyway, so I we like I said, we got as many almost as many movies in two and a half years as there were Star Wars movies pre-2015. And so like we had seven before Disney, and now we have. We had seven. Clone Wars. All right. Okay. Fuck me. Uh, but still. After the show. <clears throat> Thanks. Um, how about this? We we almost got just as many live action movies, right? Not that that discounts the Clone Wars movie in any way, but like, it doesn't. It takes a different type of work. Than getting everyone on a film studio and, you know, whatever. So that in and of itself is impressive and also scary, right? Like, because I'm, 
I'm a I'm a big Star Wars fan. Like in terms of on the meter, I'm well above average. Definitely. You are the top. <laughs> like you are the top end of the meter. I was getting burned out. Like genuinely, I was beginning to not like oh I hate Star Wars now, but like I was started like by Solo. I was like fucking a yeah. I maybe we that. can slow this down a bit. Like I know we get three mar three to four Marvel movies a year, but like there was like maybe because I'm more into that. Maybe because there was something inherently about the fandom surrounding Star Wars at the time. Right, especially after Last Jedi, there was there there's something that feels very different about like cause Star Wars. Like when you think about it, it was an event, right? I remember my still dad telling is. me, "I know it still is, but like, it's not an every year event." You That's know? fair. That's fair. I totally get that. I remember yeah. my dad telling me when he he used to be he was in the Air Force when Star Wars came out, like you you know Star Wars, yeah. And how him and his buddies from the base took the day off because, like, they wanted to go see Space Air Force, right? They were like, "This is a good movie." I was like, "That sounds so fucking cool. Let's go see it." Um, but like that level of excitement then cascades to Empire, then to Return, and then like we just talked about how the prequels weren't great, but they were hype as shit, especially because we were kids at the time, so we did. We were just like. Big glow of things hitting each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. And now, you know, we're the adults experiencing these events, and having one every year. Right. It. It tires out. At least for some people. I know you. You're just like more. Hit me more. Give me more. I, uh, here's my thing. I. To and certain, I'm not. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. To a certain extent, yes. Give me more. Give me more. Give me more. Give me more. And but the other thing for me was like seeing the reshoots for Rogue One, like the stories around the production of Rogue One and Solo. For me, I was like, I don't want that to become the norm. Yeah, I want these movies like less so the the, the episode movies because those were like we are getting these right the first time, time. <laughs> and like that's all well and good, but. I don't I didn't want more anthology movies that felt rushed, stitched together. Not that these movies do, like it's Disney, so they're polished. You can only dodge that bullet so many times with the amount of reshoots both of those movies had. Like exactly. we said at the beginning yeah. of the show. Like imagine like the Rogue the, One and Solo are I'm sorry, I keep cutting you off. I'm sorry. You're fine. Rogue One and Solo are the exception to the extensive reshoot rule. Yeah. You look at you look at Man of, not Man of Steel, you look at Justice League, you look at Suicide Squad, you look at Fan Four Stick, whatever. Those movies that have like, holy Christ, you're remaking the whole fucking movie reshoots. Yeah. Feel like you just put two different fucking movies together. Solo and Rogue One somehow dodged that bullet. I don't know how many times they could dodge that bullet. That's my point. And like imagine imagine the timeline where the – because um, Ewan McGregor said Kenobi was originally supposed to be a movie. Yep. Like we have that – Collider was right. Yeah. Collider got it right. Um. Imagine we live in the world where that was the one that shat the bed. Wouldn't that fucking suck? Like, wouldn't that be the literal yeah. worst? 
And I'm so like, a, I'm glad we get to spend more There's time. A part of me that would have been really fucking entertained by the if, uh, by the idea that it would have been the Boba Fett movie, but that's beside the point. Okay, yeah, that's the, it was the Boba Fett movie that I'd be laughing my ass off. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fine. <laughs> Not that it would be fine, but like it'd be really funny. <laughs> it's just him laying in the sarlacc for two hours. The whole movie is like as Boba falls into the sarlacc's mouth and it just freeze frame, and you just hear Tamora Morrison's voice. Yep. That's me. And I bet you're wondering, how did I end up in this situation? Well, it all starts back on Camino. <laughs> and then it's just episode two. It's just it's just it's it's, it's, it's just, just Daniel Logan. <laughs> it's just uh, I fucking love Daniel Logan, by the way. Do you follow him on Instagram? I don't. And dude, do yourself a fucking favor. Yeah. This is how cool Daniel Logan is. Couple years, it was twenty seventeen. There was like this. It was this December Steel City Con, like two weeks before the Last Jedi. Alexis and I went, Kylo and Ray, and I. It was the first time that Daniel Logan had been at Steel City Con since he was there last with Ray Park when Spencer Joel and I got the music signed. I got up to Daniel's booth while it was kind of dead for a little bit to say hello to him. Took off my glove, put on my hand. I'm like, hi. I was like, hi, Mr. Logan. It's awesome to see you again. And I said, the I, I was about to say the last time you were here, I said, the last. And he goes, you're the kid who brought the music for Ray. Yep. And I like, I fucking dropped my glove. <laughs> he completely caught me off guard. And Alexis looked at me like, the fuck? Like, boom, right on it. Super cool dude. He occasionally will like randomly like Alexis's Instagram posts and mine as well. Like just randomly it just comes out instant Daniel Logan. Like, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. What a bro. He's he's just a sweet, funny guy. Like he he loves the concept of Boba Fett so fucking much. And he's adorable. And I swear to God, if they do a Boba Fett who is the right age for him to play, I want them to do it. I really wanted to give Daniel Logan a shot to play a young Boba Fett, but like, there's a certain age range. Yeah, like they're co- because like because he sounds like Tamora Morrison in Empire Strikes Back. Within like five ish years of A New Hope, it needs to be Tamora Morrison. But I think like, for the better part of the in between three and four, give Daniel Logan his shot. Okay. Daniel Logan, please come on the podcast. I love you. You should reach out to him. I love your chaotic energy. You should. We should. DM him. I I might. Right now. I think I DM'd him for Attack of the Clones. That's that's fucking Like an hour before we recorded. Oh, okay. Like, hold on. Did I? I typed it. I know I typed it out. I don't remember if I like just pressed send and ran away from my phone or not. (laughs) Keep talking. Uh, we sidetracked a lot, but, um, yeah, I am, I'm perfectly okay with them slowing down. <laughs> yep, I did. Nice. Did he respond? When did we record Attack of the Clones? Like, do you remember what day? It was, it was a Monday. It was the 14th or the f- 14th or 15th. It was the Monday of my fall break. Okay. I messaged him on October 13th. Okay. So it was... <laughs> Maybe that was the Monday. I said, hey, my podcast is doing an audio commentary for Attack of the Clones at 6 tomorrow, East Coast time, and we'd be honored to have you on for it. 
it doesn't say he even saw it. And since he doesn't actually follow me, that makes sense that mine just kind of went through the spam filter. Yeah. But yeah, fucking, fucking, hey, someone get this podcast to Daniel Logan. <clears throat> someone get this podcast to Daniel Logan and tell him to come on the show ASAP. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, um, less is more. And I am of that for Star I Wars. I totally understand that. And I love the idea of Star Wars being this, like, I that like every couple years the earth comes to a screeching halt for Star Wars. And I think the way we like you get your supplement, right? Is through Disney, Disney Plus. Plus. <laughs> because now we're getting like eight shows or whatever. Yeah. I'm over exaggerating. But like we're getting a bunch we of have shows. Three. We have three on three. the way. Yeah. We have one that's gonna be here in a week and then two that will be here within a couple years. And so I think that'll be a good way for them to tell stories in universe that feel cohesive and well written. Without having to pump out a movie, you know? Yeah. I, I think this is the right direction for them. I agree. I, I agree. And like I said, I would not... Especially without a clear direction post the Skywalker saga. I I agree with you. However, I cannot tell you how excited I am for whatever movie Kevin Feige is going to make. I cannot tell you how excited I am for whatever Ryan Johnson is going to make. Because at its core, Star Wars belongs in a movie theater. I agree. And so build a movie theater and then watch the Disney Plus shows in a movie theater. Yeah. I'm going to buy my job. Yeah, just buy AMC. Yeah. But yeah, no, I totally get that mindset. I just I want fucking more. More. I just, the more Star Wars I have, the better. Well... What are we looking at time-wise? An hour and a half. That's not bad. So let's do the wrap-up and call it a night. Yes. Travis, where can the people find you? On the twits. On the instas. At Travis Political. Yeah. I think I got, like, my first follower on Instagram that's just a listener of the show. Yeah? Hold on. Are you specific? I'm going to read the... I... Because I... He followed me. I think I have a couple on Twitter too now. That's good. Um, Eric Rebel Jedi. Yeah. If dude, if you followed me because you listen to this show, I love you. <laughs> we we respect you and love you for it. You're great. Yes, you are. You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at DarkJedi2552. Be sure to follow and like Do Back Discussion on all the other social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And be sure to check out the other shows in the network, Hall of Heroes, our superhero show where we talk about all that kind of cape stuff. Gorn more if you want to. You don't really have to. Wicked Wednesday, Down the Rabbit Hole, Do Back Sports, and Jerk the Curtain. Took me a second there. I was buffering. Um, again, oh shit, fuck. Um, I, I, we were supposed to talk about it at the beginning, fucking the Mustafar drink. Anyway, uh, well, you're oh. at the end of the episode now. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, I think we explained it at the beginning of the Revenge of the Sith audio commentary as well. Be sure to listen to our audio commentary with Baraxium on Attack of the Clones this week. We had a lot of fun with it. Travis got smashed. And Whoa. we made fun of really cringy dialogue and Anakin being super uh, creepy. So go give that a listen. And this week, like we said, we are going to be having Revenge of the Sith with Jason 
motherfucking ward uh be sure to tune in uh it's a great time we have a lot of fun we goof around and maybe we talk about a scoop that jason has for the rise of skywalker referring to one prune-faced evil emperor um and we talked about nothing else nothing else we know nothing See, here's the thing. He talks about it like so – you and I have had this conversation so yeah. many times and I was trying to wrap my brain around the th- shit that he said. He talks about shit so like blasé that like – but it's this is also normal to him. I couldn't tell what was speculation, what was fact and what was him just fucking around. Like – Yeah. It, 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 I, legitimately, I know nothing. <laughs> I know everything. Travis has been talking to Jason behind my back this whole time. Um, but yeah, check that out. We do the Mustafar cocktail, which is vanilla fireball. Or fucking, I'd like to try that. I wouldn't. That sounds awful. That's vanilla vodka, fireball, orange juice. Uh, cranberry splash, juice. Yeah, splash of cranberry juice and some cherry juice as well. It's a very tasty drink. I quite liked it a lot. Um, Travis was not a big fan. Not, it was a fireball. Yeah. You can get. I can take that off your hands anytime you Please, want. Please, I'm begging you. <laughs> get it out of my fucking house. <laughs> I love how like visual, like like viscerally upset you got just at the concept of fireball. I don't like how do it. you not like it? It's it's so tasty. I don't like, like I don't like. It tastes like cinnamon gum. I'm not a big cinnamon gum guy. I disagree, but okay, I understand that. I like I like cinnamon. Like I put cinnamon in my oatmeal, but it's sweet. Like I do cinnamon, chocolate protein powder, and uh, a packet of stevia, and it's perfect. Thank you for sharing with your oatmeal recipe. Yeah, it's fantastic. You should give it a try. Um, I, I think I will. Yeah, tune into that. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we are honored that you have joined us this week, guys. And may the force be with you always. Trouble while others don't
See this PDF of the uh, Rise of Skywalker script that Jason sent me? Oh, for fuck's sake, Travis. 